This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Miss Susan Weed. I'm Daniel Michael, the founder and co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And we'll be back in just a moment. Thank you for listening and join us. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Universe Radio Network. And I see Susan is here, so I'll go ahead and bring her on 
the queue. Welcome, Susan. Oh, thank you so much, Green. Blessings. A delight to be with you, as always. How's your week been? It has been very eventful in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I can Tell go into more. Some... <laughs> oh, just all kinds of things, all kinds of new developments, new prospects, and waiting for them to evolve, I guess, is a good way to say it. So not I quite take there it these yet. are not new products at the store where you work, but new prospects for your band. Yes, and new things for you know, all my other activities, including MSU, Major Universe, and including, uh, yeah, not the store. My heart honestly has left the store. Um, forgive me for saying that, but I don't make that much money there, and I answer a lot of complicated questions, and I'm on my way out. <laughs> I love them. I love them all, but... I can't make a living there, so I have to constantly keep looking for other um, financial things, if that makes sense. Yes, and you get a real sense of how poorly we're doing in healthcare when you're behind the counter in a health food store and you see the desperation in the eyes of people who come so hoping that you are going to be the one who can help them. Yes, for $10 an hour. <laughs> and the hey, question I had... On the other hand, they'll always come back for the yogurt and brown rice, so you get a lot more follow-up than many doctors do. <laughs> As or, a matter of fact, my really serious students, I say, okay, go and work in a health food store for a year and answer people's questions. You will get the best education on what really works and what doesn't. Because they're going to come back and pay you, aren't they? (laughs) It's true. Um, It is interesting, and again, I love the people there. Even the owner, who doesn't pay enough, but it's why I don't share this link with her. She'll find it maybe eventually, but maybe not. But the point being is that it is not an average retail job. People literally walk in and say, oh, I have cancer, or oh, I have Lyme disease. So I say, well... You know, we've talked about a stragglist. We've talked about other things, whatever the case is. Then they go, well, I can't quit sweets, so I can't take any of your advice, or I can't do this, and I can't do that. And they want the pill, and, and the whole thing becomes so frustrating. And on top of it, without making any money, I'm behind on my bills. I'm not complaining over the air. I probably shouldn't do that. But I'll be back in the money soon. I'm going to be going back to doing what pays me soon because my injuries are healing now but my whole point being you're I mean it was like does this B12 have hypoglottoglutamine versus cytoglottoglutamine this guy had this question and so I'm like do you have any idea you're asking a store clerk something that the doctor that you go to makes $200,000 a year has no idea what this answer is neither do I (laughs) it's I know basic Western herbalism, <laughs> you know, that's what I know. <laughs> and I say, do this, do that. They ignore me. No, I want it in a pill. It's frustrating. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I do. I do. And I, you know, in fact, it's good for your health to complain a little bit. And you're complaining in a really loving and mild way. 
You know, you're not demonizing anybody. You're not making anybody out to be horrible. You're just saying, I am so frustrated. And you are. And and they're frustrated, too, because they feel like they can't get a straight answer. Right. Not and just feel- you, but anybody about what's actually going on with them. Because they decided way back that anatomy was too complicated, and so they weren't going to pay any attention to their own body and how their own body might be working. So since they decided not to pay attention to that, they have to go to some expert and then trust that the expert is going to give them the drugs that will make them healthy, all the while knowing that drugs can't ever make you healthy. Right. So, we're, so you know, as modern medical consumers, we're in this horrible double bind of knowing that the last place to go to get healthy is to a doctor, and the last way to get healthy is to take drugs. And yet, because we've chosen to keep ourselves in ignorance, that's what we have to do. So many people say to me, oh, you know, well, the way you explain it, it makes perfect sense. And I want to thank my teachers who explained it to me in ways that made perfect sense. And especially the herbalist Michael Moore now watching us, or as the French say, eating dandelions from the root up. Right, so he's definitely under the ground there. But he just had the most incredible way of explaining what was going on in physiology, you know, not the gross anatomy. Well, what was how things were actually interrelating to each other. He was the one who famously said to me that the minerals in nettle have the opposite valence of the blood. And the valence is a charge. So what he said was that the charge of the minerals in nettle is opposite the charge of the blood and opposites attract. So what he's saying is that the minerals in nettle are magnetically attracted into the blood. They don't need your digestion. You don't need to have any digestive facility to uptake the nutrition from nettle infusion. And that's part of my... um as we said earlier, and then I will let you go quickly on, was part of my complaint. They come at me with all of these supplement questions that are all these specific chemicals in the supplement and this other thing did that and this one did this and this one did that. And I believe in less ingredients. I believe in try one thing first. You know what I mean? One, like you say, nettle, one thing, a strong nettle infusion. Stop with the, does this have hypoglottoglutamine and this one have cytoglottoglutamine? I'm making these up partially. I'm actually partially based in reality in the B12. And I'm like, I I, I don't know or care about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? How can I? <laughs> How much studying do you think I do for 10 hours an hour? Um, I'm and, telling and you And you basic- know what? It hasn't changed in 50 years. It hasn't changed since the time I was working in health food stores and people would come in and grip the counter till their knuckles were white and say, okay, let's see, now I need to take the magnesium with the calcium, but I should take the calcium in a broken dose because you can't take too much calcium. And then when I take the calcium, I can't take the iron because that will interfere with it. And so I have to, and I would look at them and I would go, eat yogurt. <laughs> yeah, eat yogurt or sauerkraut. <laughs> maybe, or maybe, or I don't know, a ginger tea, something. Just stop, stop and do one thing, <laughs> nettle, whatever. But on the other hand, as we know, those stores 
can afford to sell us organic butter because people come in there and buy supplements. Yes. They're it's, selling the organic butter cheaper than what they buy it for. It's true. I know because I pay it wholesale and I see what it's for sale at my health food store. I know it's a lost leader. They're losing money on the organic butter because it's so expensive. right? But if you even buy just one supplement a month there, they've more than made it up. They've got it. That's the trick. The trick is, um, at the end of the day, it's something to bring them in the dorm, and and it's good, and that's a good thing. Because trust me, I still love the store, and I love the idea of the health food store. I do. When I went in there, I, as a customer, I loved having the conversations with the employees there, and I totally love that there's a natural health healing environment. But when you get into the some of these angry rich customers that are used to having their own way and they get into all these chemical uh, not chemical compounds but all these different compounds and all these complex like you were saying questions I'm like well they can be had in a much easier way and you're just getting into all this detail but anyway my rant's done I'm I'm, I'm done (laughs) (laughs) and things are coming up roses there's things ahead for the main street universe there's things ahead for your band Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things we're working on, including on songs for video games, movies. We're always working on something, new gigs, everything. (laughs) Okay, great. And I think you said last week that at the high point you had had, what, 12, 14 different shows on Main Street Universe? It was something like that. It was about... I would say it was about 11 or 12, including some of the part-time shows, might have equaled that much, meaning ones that came in like once every couple of months, like whenever the person had the time. So uh, we're working on building that and continuing to build on that. Well, I think you got a really great thing going with the mainstream street universe, and I know some of the people that you had before were a lot of fun, and I know there's just a lot of people out there who have lots of interesting things that they want to share. So I know that if what you want is more people taking up more airtime at Main Street, U- Street Universe, that will definitely happen. Oh, yeah. There's a Chinese herbal doctor that I'm kind of excited about, so that'll, that'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Well, let's see. What have we been doing here? I was just telling the apprentices, that one of the really fun things that I did with you on Main Street Universe was a long extended series on trees of the 13 moons. Mm -hmm. And that we'd like to kind of see if we can get into a topic and and talk about that topic for weeks or even months on end, exploring different parts of it, like the trees of the 13 moons, which took us far more than 13 weeks. Many of them were two or even three-week trees. In fact, it almost took a whole year for us to get through the whole idea of the ogum and uh, uh, what, how it relates to the runes and how that relates to the trees and why those trees are sacred. And so now we are delving together into Herbal Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner. And I am encouraging all of the listeners who are going on this journey with us to get your copy of this book, Herbal Antibiotics, Natural Alternatives for Treating Drug-Resistant Bacteria. Stephen Herod Booner, 
And let's see here on the back. It says, this book will save your life. Literally, superbugs have moved out of our hospitals and into our streets. Do you know how to help yourself and those you love if you contract such an infection? Now you do. That's a quote from Susan Weed, the author of Healing Wise, right here on the back of the book. So now you know. I'm involved. I know Stephen, I think, is a fabulous person and a really wonderful author. So get his book. Get all of his books. And you can get them at my bookshop, The Wise Woman Bookshop, or, of course, that bookseller named after a big, strong woman, or just about anywhere else. <laughs> every, every word that he has written is just absolute gold. People come in the store and ask you about Lyme disease, I bet you recommend his book, Healing Lyme. Mm-hmm. Yeah? When it people come to your store and ask you about healing Lyme disease, do you recommend Stephen's book? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's the the classic. There's been others written since, but it is definitely the best. So we have been, uh, if you go back in the archives here for Main Street Universe, you can hear us starting in with this book, Herbal Antibiotics, and talking about what's going on with antibiotics. And as we recall, the things that really struck me were antibiotics don't ever go away. Once we make them and put them into our bodies or into the bodies of animals or into the environment, and from our bodies and animals' bodies, they get into the environment, they never, ever go away. So at this point, given that over 60 million pounds of antibiotics are used in the United States, Every year, we are all basically bathing in and drinking water that has antibiotics in it. Antibiotics, as we recall, move around really fast. Remember the experiment with the chickens and the the cages that got antibiotics and the cages that didn't and how fast the antibiotic-resistant bacteria leapt from the cages getting the antibiotic to those who weren't and then to the other farm animals. And within three months' time, the people in the house who had no contact with the chickens had antibiotic-resistant bacteria in their feces. And then when they extended the experiment out in Germany, they found that everyone in the surrounding community within six months' time had antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So we are in it up to our necks. We also found that the very early creators of antibiotics were quite aware of resistant bacteria, and they said, you know, using these is going to lead to very resistant bacteria. And we also remember, and to me this is, this is like the smiley face point here, is that the primary way we've created these antibiotic-resistant bacteria is by telling people to take their whole prescription. And that has been the gospel, hasn't it? Well, if you take antibiotics, don't stop when the symptoms go away. Just take your whole prescription. And apparently, taking your whole prescription is the prescription for creating antibiotic-resistant bacteria. And so the current idea is you stop taking your antibiotic as soon as the symptoms remiss. You don't overuse it because you don't want to create antibiotic-resistant bacteria in your body and in the environment. Meanwhile... You know, and those are just some of the high points. It's a really fascinating and amazing book. And then we started looking at the specific categories of antibiotic herbs. He talks about herbal antibiotics in general and then the systemic antibiotics. And we looked at Artemisia, and I think we looked at CETA, the localized non-systemic 
herbal antibiotics, and we looked at honey and its amazing wound healing and its ability to completely eliminate MRSA, the flesh-eating bacteria. And we also looked at berberines. And now we are looking at the first line of defense, strengthening the immune system. And we have looked at astragalus. And we are deep into seeing what Rishi can do for us. And so, again, you can go back to the archive and check out last week uh, where we talked a lot about Rishi. And we said that this week we are going to talk about the scientific research. So Rishi is a mushroom. It is a Ganoderma, and the one that's usually cited is Ganoderma lucidum. But as you recall, there are quite a few Ganodermas, and they are all used very, very similarly. In vivo and in vitro studies, vivo is life, in vitro is glass, so in life and in glass studies. An in vitro study means that we're looking at Organisms in a Petri dish, and this is how the antibiotics were originally found. They were growing bacteria in a Petri dish, and one was contaminated with some spores, which actually killed the bacteria. And in vivo usually means in some kind of laboratory animal. And just a small aside, uh, there was just a scientific article published that said that they had discovered that there was a real flaw to testing things on mice in laboratories because the mice in laboratories uh, were kept in sterile environments and were not exposed to any kind of weather or any kind of sunlight. And they found when they tested the same drugs on wild mice that they got totally different results and that the wild mice's immune system tend to be far, far more like human immune systems than the laboratory mice. So, Just a little aside there about the in vivo and the in vitro studies. These studies have found that reishi is a liver regenerative herb. In other words, if your liver has been damaged, using reishi will rebuild the liver, will regenerate it. It is liver protective. So this means if you think your liver is going to be damaged, you can take it beforehand to protect your liver. It is a choleretic, which means that it causes the liver to produce more bile and the gallbladder, which stores that bile to more easily put that bile into use. It is liver enzyme normalizing. If you've ever heard anybody say, I had a liver function test, what they're actually doing is a liver enzyme test. And if you have a liver enzyme test and it says your liver is not doing great, Rishi can normalize those enzymes. Rishi is analgesic. That means it is pain-killing. It is anti-allergenic. In other words, it helps us not have allergic reactions to things. It is anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, antioxidant, and anti-tumor. I call them the antis. Anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, antioxidant, and anti-tumor. In fact, Rishi inhibits or regresses a wide variety of tumors. It is hypotensive. That means it lowers blood pressure. 
It is a bronchial relaxant. Oh, just think of the people who need bronchial relaxants. Those are the people who have inhalers instead of an inhaler. We could have Rishi. No, we're not going to put Rishi in an inhaler. And inhale it. We're going to be eating or drinking or consuming Rishi in some way and letting it have the overall benefit of being a bronchial relaxer. It is an immunostimulant and an immunomodulator. In other words, it works in the immune system to get the immune system to work harder, and it modulates or changes how the immune system is working. Rishi is considered by many people to be a really helpful ally for people who are dealing with autoimmune problems. The standard medicine says, oh, no, 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 you should never use an herb that's an immunostimulant when we have an autoimmune problem because in an autoimmune problem, the immune system is too hyper, it's too active. But as you recall, many herbalists, and myself included, believe that when we have an autoimmune reaction, in fact, the immune system is more like a very tired child who is bouncing off the walls because they are so exhausted. And they actually need something to strengthen and normalize them, which is exactly what Rishi does. Rishi is also a cardiotonic. That means it's a tonic and a helper to the heart. It's an expectorant and an antitussive. So, yes, indeed, it can be used where there is coughing or where there is phlegm built up in the lungs. Those are the in vivo and in vitro studies. Human trials have found Rishi effective when there's insomnia, dizziness, duodenal ulcers, liver pain, rhinitis, that's inflammation of the nose, muscular dystrophy, stress, Alzheimer's, hyperlipidemia, that means your cholesterol is high, liver failure, diabetes, cancer, when the immune system needs help, and to counter hepatitis. Although Rishi is not thought of as antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral, it is, and it is fairly potent against a number of pathogens, including Heliobacter pylori, that's the infective organism that causes stomach and duodenal ulcers, Pseudomonas syringi, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, E. coli, Bacillus subtilis, Staphylococcus aureus, Klebsiella pneumoniae, Salmonella typhi, Micrococcus flavus, and Micrococcus luteus. Rishi is a strong antiviral against hepatitis viruses. It is also active against influenza A viruses. And it is very potent against herpes simplex. It inhibits the attachment and the penetration into cells of both herpes simplex 1 and herpes simplex 2, sometimes called oral herpes and genital herpes. Rishi is also strongly antiviral against vascular stomach viruses, Epstein-Barr virus, and human, human immunodeficiency virus, HIV. Rishi is active against Candida, Microsporum canis, Trichophytum mentagrophytes, and Plasmoidial parasites. 
Rishi does just about everything, doesn't it? Like a leutherococcus, Rishi has profound effects on the immune system, says Stephen Booner, especially the spleen, stimulating its immune response considerably. Rishi is strongly mitogenic, especially on splenocytes, stimulating the generation of highly active immune cells. Rishi activates immune effector cells such as T-cells, macrophages, natural killer cells, and it increases the production of cytokines, including interleukin, tumor necrosis factor, and interferon. Rishi potently stimulates macrophages and their activity in the body against all pathogens. The primary clinical studies on the enhancement of immune function have occurred with cancer patients and there are also a great number of immune studies that have been done in vivo and in vitro. Rishi has a number of fairly potent anti-cancer actions. Those are generating a lot of interest. Rishi reduces angiogenesis. Genesis means to form or to start angio. Like an angioplasty means blood vessels. Angiogenesis is the formation of blood vessels. When a cancer gets to the stage where it can engage in angiogenesis, the formation of blood vessels, that's the time when the cancer can start to metastasize because it can now hook into the circulatory system. In my book, Breast Cancer Question Mark, Breast Health, Exclamation Point, The Wise Woman Way, I talk about the stages that cancer has to go through, very much like our schooling. It has to go to kindergarten, then it graduates from kindergarten and goes to grade school, and it graduates from grade school and goes to high school, and then it graduates from high school and goes to college. And angiogenesis is the college degree of the cancer. It's now complete in its education. It knows how to manipulate our blood system, and Rishi stops that from happening. Rishi stops the formation of new blood cells by the tumor. So it stops the creation of those blood vessels and it stops the creation of the new blood cells. It is also anti-proliferative, so it actually stops the cancer from proliferating and has direct anti-cancer effects on a number of cancer cell lines, including prostate cancer, colon cancer, leukemia, lymphoma, and myeloma. Rishi strongly inhibits intracellular signaling and invasive behavior of cancer cells. Rishi inhibits the intracellular signaling. So it's like Rishi knocks down the cancer's internet. The cancer is not one cell, it's many cells, and those cells have to talk to each other. They have to have intracellular signaling and Rishi turns off their ability to do that and also makes the cancer cells behave in less invasive ways. Rishi's rather famous for protecting the body from radiation damage during cancer treatment. It also mediates cancer cells through enhancement of host immune defenses. And this is the hot new line in cancer treatment, is we take some of the cancer from the body, we introduce it to the immune system outside the body, and then we put the immune system 
along with some of that cancer, back into the body, thus alerting the immune system to what it is. It finds it and gets rid of it. And Rishi does that in a low-tech but thoroughly excellent way. And Stephen gives us a sampling of a few clinical trials. Human trial, 355 people with hepatitis B, and they got a combination formula containing Rishi. 92.5% of the patients showed improvement. Another trial of patients with hepatitis B found that those taking Rishi had alleviation of their hepatitis symptoms and lowering of the difficult substance levels in their liver. Other trials have shown that Rishi reduces blood pressure in all patients with hypertension. Generally, those trials lasted for a six-month period. There was a trial with over 2,000 patients with chronic bronchitis, and 60 to 90% of them experienced either alleviation of symptoms, marked improvement, or weight gain. Very interesting. I guess in chronic bronchitis, there is weight loss. Studies of people with high blood pressure have consistently shown improvement in blood pressure level. And people with impaired memory and thinking, again, consistent results, increasing mental clarity and memory. Rishi has a long history of folk and historical clinical use about protecting the liver against amanita poisoning, though I could locate no specific reference to this. Amanita mushrooms, sometimes called destroying angel, are considered the most poisonous mushroom in the world. Even licking your fingers can make you sick. It's said that if you ingest the mushroom, it basically just decoalesces your liver. It turns your liver into a bag of blood, and then you die of liver failure. Rishi has been shown to prevent this damage. Interestingly enough, a diet almost exclusively tamari or miso has also been shown to have some effect against it. And milk thistle seed taken before the amanita mushroom, like the rishi, has been shown to protect all animals against the damage. Some of them still die. It's not 100%, but there's a very strong amount of protection, and many of the animals don't die. And that wraps up our exploration of Rishi. I expect all listeners are going to be going out and looking for Rishi and saying, how could I have possibly overlooked this tremendous elixir of long life? And remember that the American equivalent is turkey tail mushroom and that these are not easily eaten because they are shelf fungus and they're quite hard. And so often they are powdered or sold as powders. And when I'm getting real fancy in the winter, I'll stir some reishi powder or some astragalus powder or any of the few powdered herbs that I have into my porridge in the morning and let it cook and get the benefit that way. So lots of different ways to enjoy and to benefit from Rishi. And what will we talk about when we come back next week? I think I'd like to talk about bone set because it's an herb that's not very well known, but it has always been a dear ally of mine, and I am very excited 
to see that Stephen has included it in this book. And I want to know more about what he has to say. So I will selfishly choose Boneset as our next show. How's that by you? That sounds great. Well, once again, we have talked up our half hour. Yes, we have. So so it is so long until next week, then. Yes. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. After all, it's the medicine that grows right outside our door. Absolutely. And green blessings to you, Susan Weed. And thank you for joining us for these quite a few years that you have. It's a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. Green blessings, everybody. Till next week. All right. Thank you, everyone. You've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, Ms. Susan Weed. I'm Daniel Michael, the founder, co-creator of the Nate Street Universe Radio Network. We'll be back next week, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join us then in our circle. And if the plug will just play, I pressed it. There it is. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are we in the light of the day as we enjoy the afternoon. Blessed are we as the twilight descends and the magic of dusk is upon us. And blessed are we in the dark of the night as we slip into dreams that are calling. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn.
This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. 